The Triforce in the Wild Duology is an interesting topic. It's both completely absent in both games, yet it's also around subliminally if you look around for it. On Breath of the Wild's Great Plateau, you can spot the Golden Goddess as symbols, Din, Nehru, and Faril. You can spot them in Hyrule Castle's Sanctum, and it's also found everywhere that even so much as references the Hyrulean Royal Crest. It's an integral part of the world itself, and has had clear connections to the Hylians in the past. But if you'd only played Breath of the Wild, you'd only really think that it was an ancient artifact that's barely referenced. At least until a couple of the final cutscenes you witness in the game. In some capacity, Zelda uses the Triforce to dispel malice and seal Calamity Ganon away for 100 years, all the way up until Link awakes at the Shrine of Resurrection. So why wasn't the Triforce a bigger part of the overarching narrative? Well, I think it had just been so long since the closest game in the timeline to Breath of the Wild that the Triforce was much like the old world of Hyrule in the games themselves. They were legends, and when in reality the Triforce is still a foundation of everything that takes place in the era of Wild, the embodiment of Demise's hatred locked underneath Hyrule Castle while the embodiment of his hatred is attacking Hyrule. The hero with the courage of a hundred soldiers and the strength of over four other champions, the princess whose wisdom would probably be unparalleled by any other incarnation of the goddess Hylia if she wasn't constantly interrupted when trying to undergo her studies, in essence, all of the playing pieces of a Triforce-based chess match are right there, it's just that the physical matter of the Triforce isn't there. Tears of the Kingdom's hero, princess, and villain are largely in the same boat, except now it's purely just the reincarnation of Demise's hatred, which is probably why the Calamity's malice has switched around to becoming the Demon King's gloom. So, now that we've established the connection of those three essential characters, what is Tears of the Kingdom's spin on the Triforce? And no, I'm not actually talking about the Tears either. Technically, each of the stones that people possess have some connection to the Triforce, we think, but I think enough people have discussed that one recently. Though it is yet another thing that alludes to the Triforce even though it doesn't show up physically in the game at all. First of all, I think we need to discuss the Zonai. We now know that Raru was the first king of this version of Hyrule, and by the time that Zelda falls into the Old Kingdom, he is one of two Zonai who are left in the world, at least to our knowledge anyway. One of the only clear pieces of information that we get about Raru's powers, especially early on in the game, is that Raru's arm is only able to be utilised when it's being powered by light, as the First King calls it. I have a full video on what I believe the Zonai energy and magic is, and where it originates, so I won't get into the weeds of it, but on a very, very surface level, the light that is instilled in Raru's arm is green, right? I don't really think that's debatable. It tapers off to being a lighter shade of turquoise at the end, but it is green. I don't think I need to tell you why that's important in of itself, but I personally believe to some extent that the blessings of light are also the physical form of courage. Spirit orbs served the exact same purpose as the blessings of light, but they're explained to be a symbol of courage given to those who overcome a shrine. You can increase your hearts and stamina with them, and Blessings of Light are identical in their gameplay function. The only thing that differs is their lore reason for being, which is that they purge an ancient evil and purify with its radiance. But could these blessings purge an ancient evil that's latching onto anybody? We can't be too sure, but the only person who's ever going to be attacked by an ancient evil will always obtain some amount of courage in their mind, won't they? 
They wouldn't face an ancient evil and live to tell the tale without a hideous amount of courage. I think that in some way the lights of blessing are still linked to courage. And right as you finish up any given shrine of light, there are these pillars that are smashing up something like a pestle and a mortar. But when you go and take a closer look at what's being crushed, nothing's there, it's just air. Which in the real world is still full of light. In reality, this means nothing, but there's at least a chance that it's meant to symbolise that courage can be found in anyone, and it's in the air around us. At least that's my interpretation for this, if it isn't just a stylistic choice, which it definitely is. Not to mention all of the very strange Zonai stuff in the Farron region which makes even less sense after Tears of the Kingdom, but definitely does connect most heavily to the Goddess of Courage. So I do think, even if not because of their magic, that the Zonai have a connection to the courage of the hero, or courage in general. Next we move on to the Triforce of Wysdom, the piece held by the incarnation of the Goddess Hylia, and this is the only one that isn't quite as prevalent in Tears of the Kingdom as it was in Breath of the Wild. Now there's something very ironic about what I believe represents the Triforce of Wisdom in the same way that I think Zonai Energy represents courage. I believe that wisdom is supposed to be symbolised through the ancient Sheikah technology seen in Breath of the Wild and seen in Tears of the Kingdom in like one or two areas. I say this is ironic because of that one interview that went out this week where the devs discussed why they think the Sheikah technology disappeared and the lack of wisdom they seem to give the theory community on that matter. Anyway, I digress since it's the only thing Twitter has been talking about this week. Sheikah technology is, once again, on a surface level, blue, which is usually the colour used to symbolise wisdom in the Zelda series. On a deeper level, we see the princess becoming hopelessly obsessed with Sheikah technology in the previous game since she can't seem to awaken her powers, and even further than that, the wisdom needed to put Sheikah technology together in the first place by the tribe must have been considerable. This isn't like the constructs, where there's at least a chance that there was a layout ready for them to use in the Lanayru mining bots. It seems like the Sheikah really did create a brand new type of technology, and energy all by themselves, without the need for magic, despite also having magical powers. A lot of you are probably surprised that something from Breath of the Wild has made it into this video discussing the Triforce in Tears of the Kingdom, but to that I say two things. One, this video was supposed to be called The Meaning of the Triforce in the Wild Duology, but I scrapped that title last second. And two, the Puripad is still a constant source of wisdom, and that, at least to some degree, uses Sheikah technology and was designed by a part of the Sheikah tribe. Even if you do have a problem with that though, Mineru is the other symbol of wisdom in Tears of the Kingdom and acts as a mentor to Zelda in some ways during her time stuck in the past presumably telling her everything she needs to know about draconification and anything else. The past itself could even be a source of wisdom for the princess. Not a single living person in Hyrule in the present day can go back to when this version of Hyrule was first being founded. She possesses a certain genre of wisdom that no one else in the entirety of Hyrule's history has possessed. For ease of discussion and the conclusion though, I think the Sheikah technology is the primary source of wisdom here. Finally, we come to the Triforce of Power, the one held most commonly by the big bad, Ganondorf. Ganon, Ganon, Pigman, and whatever else he goes by. There's really only two things that symbolise power outside of himself and what he does. Malice and Gloom in Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom respectively. At least in my eyes, both power sources emit a very similar aura and are used in surprisingly similar ways. One is his hatred and one is a substance that drains the life of somebody. So Gloom is probably just Ganondorf's own version of magic as we see throughout the game. He can make phantom Ganon puppets of himself through Gloom, kill Link with Gloom, infect enemies with Gloom. It could be an evolved form of Ganondorf's hatred now that he's not sealed away, but either way, they do have a similar purpose. 
Barring that, there's not much to discuss here really. It's pretty clean cut that Ganondorf's gloom is almost like a power source of magic for Link's adversaries. In conclusion, I come back to something that I think will be in the title or the thumbnail of this video. Sure, magic and technology has always played some kind of role in pretty much every Zelda game, but I don't think it's ever had anywhere near as big of a part to play as it does in theories and the world itself at the moment, at least in the wild duology before, you know, the next game. I first thought of this video idea in June and legitimately I wanted to use it as evidence that we would get a third game in the wild series, creating a trilogy of true Zelda games. Breath of the Wild symbolising wisdom was Sheikah technology and Tears of the Kingdom symbolising courage, but then what would the third game be with a symbolising power? But considering Gloom and the Yiga and everything, I think they've kind of already covered that base. So I don't think that's what we've got here. I don't think this is a situation where a third game is, you know, in the pipeline. I think we're done with this incarnation of both the hero and the princess, at least in terms of the traditional Triforce storyline between the hero, princess and villain. I think the dev team have told the story they wanted to tell with this set of characters, and if we do see them again, the symbolism of the Triforce probably won't be around. It's kind of a nothing point, but I thought it was funny that I started scripting the video a few months back with the idea that it'd be something completely different. Between the power sources of Sheikah technology, Zonai energy and gloom, we have just witnessed the age of… technology? Or magic? I'm really not sure, but I'll leave it in your capable hands in the comments section. Do you think it should be the age of technology or magic? And also let me know if there's any more symbolism related to the Triforce or any other groups of three that are similar that I missed in Tears of the Kingdom. These are the patrons and members of this channel. Sumji and Thomas Jerry Wong are even cooler for being my top paying patron people. Please subscribe for more weekly Zelda content and I'll see you soon.